Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 23 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Sejorga Dulmin and as always I am joined by Mr. David Charney. Hello Nate and hello everyone. Hello Dave. What is up the required question I always pose here? What is up? Uh, well, we had our Thanksgiving holiday here and so I had a few days off. Uh, <laughs> Although I was also under the weather, so it's a perfect storm, bittersweet few days off. Yep. Um, but luckily I felt I felt just good enough to eat as much turkey and food as I could, so <laughs> it's all good. And uh, I uh, and, and you're going to have a, a fun time with this podcast, editing out all my coughs, uh, because I can't stop coughing. Um, or you'll just keep all the coughs in and edit my... My talking out. Yeah, the, the, this uh, sh- show is going to be called Nates and the Coughs. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, my band name, actually. Um, <laughs> however, we have a fun episode ahead. There were some storyline updates. We had some issues. And people asked us questions. So, but first things first. Yesterday, I was working on something. And then I had a problem. <laughs> then I found out what the prob- what the problem was, and then I sent you the file to also figure it out. So what I did <laughs> was I had a button, uh, and I was working. Someone gave me the file. I was just re- redesigning something. So this button had a border around it, but it's like a floating border. So there was some space around around there. And that border was not part of this button object, and I wanted, I wanted to be so wanted it to be. So I have just one object to work with. You know, it's easier. You have just one trigger, and so on. And since I don't really like groups, I just cut that border, went into the button's normal state, and pasted it there, and all looked fine at first. But then, problems arose. <laughs> and uh, so I did that, and uh, well, it looked fine. So I previewed the, preview the course, and I hover over the button, and the whole button becomes blue. So I was not sure what's happening here. So how I, I went to edit the button. Uh, I went to see the button states, and there's the normal state. It's red, and there's the... Uh, hover state and it's also red or just bright red so where's this blue I had, this blue doesn't make sense I preview again uh, it, 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 it's there again so it's really like what is happening here something something is super strange and then I slowly figure out okay I then I yeah I went back and look at the source file of this course because I made a copy and I see there that Hover works fine. So what's happening? Okay, so it must be something I did. And what I did was copied that border around in the nor- normal state. But how could that affect the hover state? Well, when I copied the border back out on the stage and checked its states, it had a hover state that had the blue fill. So... Basically, I copied an object that had a hover state in another object in the normal state, and that's the result you get. 
So uh, that was a great learning experience. And Dave, when I sent you the file, I think I think it took you um, like fast to figure it out. But still, it was something weird, right? Yeah. At first, it seems very illogical. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you, of course, you can't, when you're in a state and storyline, you can't see layers or anything. You know, you, you can't. So at, at first, you know, I didn't know how, how the button was put together. So I was able yeah. to... I basically I, I I moved everything apart and then I recognized that that outline you know is another object so I copied and pasted it out of the state and you know it had its own hover on it so yeah. it was a hover within a hover yeah. and uh, and so yeah, it, it, yeah but that I could see where if you don't realize that could happen you you may just have to delete the whole button and start over yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a great thing to keep in mind. Just if something super <coughs> weird is going on, is there maybe an object with its own states there? So it's good to keep that in mind, and you you know you can quickly check and, and resolve a problem. Because I can imagine a a new developer working with Storyline, like you said, they they would have a problem. They would just delete the whole thing and start again. You know, the the old the the old um, let's restart the computer solution problem <laughs> Re reboot the button yeah <laughs> reboot yeah yeah so yeah after we solved that <laughs> there was another thing yeah coincidentally on the same slide uh i had the problem that i had some sort of uh you know form interaction and when you click the submit button to submit the interaction uh first you'd get the notification that the in the please answer question before submitting, you know, the old invalid answer thing, but also you get the feedback layer. So how could how could both of those show at once? You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, and also, I, I, you know, I, it was a drag and drop interaction, so I dr dragged everything. You, you watched me do that, Dave, because we, we were screen sharing. Mm -hmm. I drag everything, I submit, and it says invalid, but it also displays like the incorrect layer. So what the hell? This is this is not how things are supposed to work, you know? Um, yeah, a <laughs> similar thing as before. The, the border around, uh, around the button had its own triggers, and one of the triggers was submit the interaction. <laughs> so it looks like it was submitting... I don't know, twice at the same time or something like that. And it caused that uh, window to appear. So that was funny. Had to copy copy, or cut the, the, the border out again, remove the trigger, and then paste it back in. So yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah, it is strange how you can copy that stuff into a, a state. And what's funny too is you and I were both trying to figure out what was causing that extra pop-up. Yeah. And it was fairly soon after the first problem you had with the blue pop-up where you said, yeah, yeah. let's remember this in the future so we can <laughs> yeah. avoid the situation. And then we completely forgot about saying that, and it ended up being basically the same issue. Yeah, yeah. But the, and the funny thing was, while we were solving it, you, you said, oh, okay, I guess we just have to, you know, rebuild the interaction. So I go, I go in the insert ribbon and I click remove freeform, you know, so there's no freeform. Uh, and I preview again. I don't know. I just, I just previewed and I click submit and it works. 
But then I was like, but how could this work? And then I go back and I see that the trigger on the button for submitting, it's it's not even there because there's nothing to submit um, or something like that. I mean, the trigger was yeah. not there. But So it was really weird. How, what what what's it submitting here? I mean, there's no trigger. And then, oh, is something else submitting this? <laughs> and then we found out about the the border. So yeah, <laughs> that that was fun. Yep, it's it's uh, always frustrating when it it doesn't seem logical. No, no, yeah. So, but I was not the only one with some issues. You, you're having some HTML5 th- problems, I'm hearing. <laughs> I have so many issues. <laughs> I have only one, yeah. Um, so, what were they? Yeah, we've had a, actually a, a number of things uh, that have come up uh, with the HTML5 output and storyline. And I know I've talked to you a little bit about it, so I'm, I'll kind of just explain it and maybe someone else has run into it. Um, and I have, we have talked to articulate a little bit about it, but it's very strange. It's very illogical. And it all seems to have to do with videos. Um, first off, we have a project where we have a video on the kind of the second slide. And when you um, view this published file in HTML, uh, you click on the first slide, you make a selection, and then it should go to the next slide, which has a video on it. And it just lags sometimes for like four minutes. And oh, wow. what's weird is... Um, Store, uh, Articulate has fixed this. Like if you look back at the version history in November or November, maybe September, they say they fixed something that sounds very much like this. Uh, and it's just very weird because um, sometimes it, like depending on where I publish from, if I publish or if someone at, at Lumen publishes something, it's it all is de- seems to be dependent on where you're publishing from and... Um, it doesn't matter what server you're on. It's very weird. It's very, uh, that lag is very odd and try to figure out what's causing the lag. Um, but we're kind of wondering if maybe because we started building it in before they had fixed it, you know, maybe there's some like under the hood carryover or or something. So Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. if anyone's run into that. So that's one thing. And the other thing is we have another project where we've got we're basically converting an old project they had from Flash. So almost every screen has a you know minute-long video on it. So you think, okay, I'll, I'll put the new videos in each slide and storyline. But when you run that, and again in HTML5, and generally within a tablet, either iOS or Android-based, mm-hmm. after maybe 30, maybe 20 slides, because there's about 34 slides with videos on it, it, the video just freezes, and you can go back and forth. It, nothing works anymore, which obviously doesn't work. You know, you can't obviously have people use that sort of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I did talk to Articulate, and, and they said they actually think it's a bug with the a storyline bug with memory. Um, uh-huh. And I I haven't heard back yet if you know if that they're going to be able to take a look at that. But wondering if anyone else has run into that, you know, a course with a lot of videos where it just stops. It just, the video stops. And because it seems to be memory related, it, different devices will stop on different screens. Uh, you know, you could be 13 screens in and it all freezes up. So uh, it's very strange. Uh, and then what I actually tried is just a test is I, 
in HTML, you know, there's like a no cache meta tag sort of thing you can put in there. So it doesn't cache the files. That seemed to resolve the issue, but I don't like that sort of band-aid, you know, to like, I don't quite trust it because I don't know all that's going on or if it affects other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if Nate's you would run into anything like that or, uh, you know, we'll just see if maybe someone else had. No, no, I mean, there were some things, but not at your level. That it, it didn't take so so long for it to load. I did have some strange issues in, in HTML5 in Chrome where just the the loading of the first slide or maybe the second because it had the transition to fade like half a second transition but that transition took like 30 seconds or one minute because the transition was like one frame per second you know just slowly fading yeah that's strange Uh, super strange and I, i don't know that's i don't i think that was somehow resolved um I mean, none of the clients uh, commented on anything, so I just kept my mouth shut. Um, so, I mean, it seems to work. Maybe, I, I think I even sent it to you, and you said it was fine. So it might be just something special on Chrome on Mac. I'm not sure. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, but... Yeah, very strange. I, yeah, I I concur. And no idea what what's happening here. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, it's the sort of thing that'll probably get resolved over time. But unfortunately... I know for the project that has all the videos, we're kind of just stuck right now. We can't really continue building that project out, unfortunately. The other one with the lags, yeah. um, again, we've determined that on one of the computers, it it outputs fine. So I, I really kind of feel like because we started building it in an older version, there's something just hanging on there that's causing the confliction. But anyway, if I find anything out, I will follow up in our next uh, podcast. Fantastic. But I do have another complaint. <laughs> it uh, seems that something's up with storyline in in parallels, uh, and I also found a, uh, an articulate thread. Uh, you know, I'm not the only one finding this issue and experiencing this slowliness, and not sure what's happening. But at least I pinpointed the problem to to where if you have more graphics on the screen, or maybe there's a high res image in the background. Like let's say two thousand pixels wide, which is by today's standards nothing special. Like everything becomes laggy. You know, I click on an object; it takes two seconds for all the you know handles appear around it. Uh, click anywhere; just like takes two seconds to to respond. And it's and then you go into a layer, and it feels like in layers is even worse. Uh, so. Not sure what's happening. There definitely is, a is, is an issue because I, I know I had much bigger projects hmm. I worked with in Storyline 2 and it worked fine. And I think one other guy commented that, that he tried the same project in Storyline 2 and then 360 and there's like no problem in Storyline 2 and 360 is super slow. Um, so definitely, definitely people are reporting this and I do hope an update is coming soon because... Currently, it's it's a bit hard to work on projects, or I'm just keep I keep disabling, you know, um, just hiding the the big pictures in the background. And then I can click like a normal human being. Hmm. Yeah, that's strange. I've obviously I don't run into that. I'm on a PC, but um, yeah. I do like your word slow slowliness. 
I, I like that word, slowliness. Is is that not a word? Did I make that up? <laughs> I think I can't remember the sentence you used it in. Sl- slowness, maybe. But um, no, uh, <laughs> it, it is a word now. If it wasn't before, and I, it's a great word. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> slowliness. <laughs> okay, let's carry on. There were some nice updates to storyline. So there's not not just darkness here. We also have some bright light topics. Yeah, a bunch of great stuff. Yeah. First, text to speech. So this is, I think, it's self-explanatory what this is. And I think it's a great thing to have while the course is in progress and there's no voiceover and and you have something to work with. It's easier for you as a developer. It's easier for the customer to see to see like at 95% what the end product is going to look like. And it's, it supports a bunch of uh, different, you know, languages. Of course, not Slovenian because it's never supported anywhere. Um, <laughs> almost. Uh, but I'm not surprised because it's, it's like 10 customers here. And it's, yeah, so it supports many languages. It actually, you paste the text in the box, you click text to speech and it converts to an actual actual sound that you have in your timeline. So it's totally it's it's like you would insert an MP3. It's the same. So, you know, you can you can cut it, you can change it, you can just replace it with the actual voiceover later at the end. So and it throws the uh it, it auto creates the captions as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the, yeah, you there's there's an option to take that you have you you can have the uh Closed captions, yeah, that's correct. So uh, a really, really nice addition because I, I just I had a I had a client that didn't have voiceover voiceovers at, at first, and they told me, yeah, just go to that website and you know convert to text. But it seems like it's such a ah, just one more step that didn't bring so much to the whole thing but this now it's super handy to have yeah and it's not it's even it's not it's not so bad right i mean it sounds fine i mean you could easily use that if if you're on a super tight budget yeah i mean some voices sound maybe a little bit smoother than others um i think for us typically on our projects we'd still need to go with a uh you know one of our voice over artists but even if you can't use it for the final audio I think we're going to probably use it for prototyping and scratch tracks and timing. Like it's a real nice addition. And again, some of the voices do sound smoother. So depending on how you write it, you might be able to write it in a way that sounds pretty smooth and you could just use it as is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The next one is, uh, I feel for me or for you and me, a much bigger addition to the whole process of developing courses motion path position the exact x y position of the motion path yay thank you thank you <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool that's awesome so you basically have a an end point of the path you can position it you know to the pixel uh and makes things much much easier cuz I, I especially it, i don't know which what I was working on, but I know it, there was always a problem. Like if you had two things that should end in the same place, so just ride, just one right above the other, like that's that was impossible to do before. Just bunch of trial and error. Well, you know that scroll thing that I did, where you can basically scroll 
um, scroll down. And as you do that, everything scrolls up and stuff kind of comes in mm -hmm. as you scroll. Well, that, that basically that's a slider, but it's calling a motion path. Mm -hmm. And you have to, that motion path has to be, because you can move the slider up and down, the motion path has to be like pixel perfect or over time it'll start to kind of shift you know like the whole thing will kind of slowly move to the right <laughs> yeah and so uh so now you know i i can be well pixel perfect i can really uh very easily uh just set the x and y of where i want the end to be which is very nice yep another thing for the workflow at least for me is it's great. It's fantastic. I'm so happy that this exists because I've been complaining it probably in every episode that I want to click the align button once without a menu, no drop downs. And they did it. They removed the, 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 the menu. Buttons are right there next to the other things in format <laughs> ribbon. And, you know, you can just click. It, it took me, I don't know, a few days to, to, to totally get acquainted with the positions because it's like three in a row. So I needed to see what's what. I was searching a bit at first, but then now it's just clicking like crazy, aligning things so fast you can't even see me. <laughs> I'm super happy about this. Yeah, very nice. I, I wondered, did we, did we say this was Storyline 360 only? That was updated. Storyline 3 has not been updated. So Oh, yeah, yeah. Thought I should call that out if we if we didn't call that out. Yeah, one of the reasons why I I went with the with the subscription, yeah, because the, the 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 there was promise of more uh, updates or more regular updates. So I'm sure this is coming to three, but I don't know. I would I would think so. Yeah, I, I you never know what they're going to carry over when they're eventually going to have another version of storyline standalone. But um, but uh, at least right now you know, on this. When we're recording this podcast, it's uh, 360 only, but uh, hopefully we'll see some of this stuff in three soon. Yeah. Something similar to the aligned buttons is XY coordinates that are right there on the ribbon. Yes, that is very handy. I don't know how many times, although we did find the nice uh, keyboard shortcuts, but just to have it there and t be able to see what where it currently, any th object currently is, or be able to change it and two seconds is uh is fantastic talking about this um this this functionality that we have now i just realized that i haven't internalized it yet i still i still click, click i still keep clicking on the size and position in the menu um so i have to i have to retrain myself yeah because <laughs> this is useful <laughs> yeah your brain is on auto uh auto click <laughs> you know in my first day of college um I would typically drive the, my first day of college. The way I would drive to get to my first class was the same general direction I would travel to get to work. And um, I remember, you know, like, oh my god, this is the first day of college. I, you know, so I started driving, and then I guess I zoned out, which is probably not safe to do while driving. But when I zoned back in, if that's what you do, yeah, I was at work in my parking lot, and I was like, uh oh. You know, I I hope I don't miss the first day of class because I somehow let my brain uh, drive to work, uh, so I had to uh, hightail it to the uh, to back to college. <laughs> nice. So yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you 
I think the, the like something maybe 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 something that everyone did you know like when you when you take the clo- when you take the clothes to be washed and you just throw them in the trash instead of the other bin <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah uh so yeah great great additions um and there's one more which is very, very nice to have. Random number variable. Now it's, it's possible to have a random number variable. You said it, uh, uh, I think you say between two, um, right? Between two values, you said it between two values. Is that correct? Yeah, you can set it between two values. And there's two ways to do it when you go to the normal variable uh, pop-up. Um, you can set it there and just have it, you know, when the, when storyline starts to automatically set a random number, or you can have a trigger that sets it. So that way you can, you can keep clicking, let's say a button and have it create a new random number each time. Still variable driven, but it's, um, it's a little different than having it auto create a variable. You'll see that there's, there's kind of two ways to do it. Mm -hmm. But um, my, I know my team was working on a project and they, like two days before had to come up with a way to come up with a random number in storyline. And uh, it was a bit complicated before they had this. So this is going to be very helpful to a lot of people that Mm -hmm. um, either want to maybe randomize something that loads up, you know, you can, you can say, I want a random number from one to three. And if it's two, then the trigger will say, okay, load up the layer that's two. So you you can kind of randomize your, um, you know, whatever you have on screen and then for games and things, uh, you know, gamification, uh, it could be very handy, uh, building stuff there. Mm-hmm. Well, I have two tips if you're maybe on an older version and you need, you and it sometimes need to have a random value. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like numbers between one and a thousand, maybe one and 10. So like 10 different variations uh one simple the simplest thing is just to have a question bank with empty slides so and you just pick one so you you jump to the question bank you just pick one out of that Uh question bank and on that slide you just have the first trigger uh set the variable to whatever you want and then jump to next scene probably you know, so you're you're there just for a split second, and then you jump out of there, and you you get to your random value. Yep. So that's the one way. And there was another way I was thinking about that for me, maybe for for a situation I would have, if someone clicks a button and you want to you know display something randomly, you could you could maybe have on that button you could maybe have. Let's say that button split in in ten different, um, you know, you could have ten different hotspots on there, which all call uh, a different variable, you know. So yeah, you could. It, it seems like one button, but you have different hotspots over it, and whatever wherever user clicks, that's the 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 variable the variable you pick. So that's also one one way to do it. Yep, you you could also use javascript if if you're familiar with it we're gonna touch on a short topic today about newbie mistakes and um, we're gonna pick just two for now and more are coming in the future show 
The first one I want to mention is not taking advantage of the built-in states. That That's something I definitely was doing when I started using Storyline. Uh, I know, I know, you, you click the copy the state from the normal state, and then you write your own name because you're the mega developer. And then, you know, you just have to keep using that state with triggers, you know, and nothing happens automatically and so on. So I really did not know that the drop down when you copy the state with all the states that are listed there. I just thought there were sort of suggestions of, of the state names or something. I didn't know, you know, they had the hover was an actual hover. You don't need to do the trigger for that, you know. That visited state takes some parameters and, and leaves the others from the normal state and so on. So, you know, use the built in states because they're there, they're useful, they work without triggers. And, you know, you can quickly get things done. Do you agree, sir? Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, built-in states, they're awesome. They're awesome. You might to learn, might need to learn about how the hover works, how the visited state works, because, you know, maybe it's a bit weird when, when you start learning this, but they, they're fantastic. I always use them, and you don't need any triggers. Certainly a time saver. Yeah, you don't have to worry about triggers. If you need to hover, if you need a if you need a button to look different when you hover over it, you just have to select hover, change the look of it. No triggers, no programming, if you will. Uh, it just uh, and a lot of those too are built to handle certain things. Like for instance, you can have button states, and uh, you know you don't need any triggers. You, you just it'll automatically toggle things the way you expect. So there's a lot of functionality in using the built-in states that, that are there. Yep. That a lot of people, like you said, won't, might not, might miss because they, they might miss the drop down. Yeah, yeah. But, and like I said, I thought it was just like suggest, names, suggested names for the states. I didn't yeah. know they yep. had, <laughs> the, the, there was more behavior to all of that. The second one is uh, layers versus states. Yeah, that's, uh, I see a lot of people that, don't quite know the difference between them when they're starting with Storyline. You know, you've got layers uh, and you've got states, and they both kind of allow you to put alternative things on them. Um, and, yeah, generally, you know, I, I always think of it like states are more like um, an individual object and the layer is more about uh, you know, more going on on the screen. It's not always the case, and I think we'll we'll visit this maybe a little bit more uh in a you know future show but um you know if the thing about states is another thing that people don't quite realize that might be new is that um and we talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the show actually is that you don't quite you can't quite see everything on a state you know yep. so you can't see layers and things and so there are certain things you don't want to do on states because it gets too complicated um you can't manage it but um generally if you want a, an object on your screen and that object might have different uh, appearances based on the situation. Uh, yeah, you'd probably want to use states. Uh, but if you want to have, you know, different screens, different feedback, different, um, you know, click to reveals and various things like that, then you can use a layer and basically um, have a different kind of version of the screen for each, um, for each layer. And then, both states and layers, as you'll notice from our shows and from the videos we post and things, you can really go pretty crazy with them. So 
um, I think just the more you use them, the more you'll realize where um, it, it makes sense to to use one or the other. But yeah. again, I think maybe um, maybe we'll come up with some really nice examples uh, on when we get into it in a little bit more detail. Yeah, for me, it's some sometimes, but I, I guess that's just the way I like to work. Is you know, it could be a very simple click to reveal or something similar, or just maybe a tab tab to interaction. But I prefer, I more and more prefer to put just everything into states uh, because also I like the cleanliness of the slide because, you know, you come to the slide. Oh, it's just a slide. There's no layers. How nice. Uh, but so everything is hidden there in the states. Um, and it, states, I also saw that they offer more, you have more advantage in terms of fade in and fade out or animation in and animation out options than you have with layers, you know, because when you're switching between different layers, uh, you have the transition, yes, but there's no transition out. That's, that's yeah, actually that's, missing. That's a big one. Yeah, to be, to be able to, you, you can transition out on a layer if you are playing the layer through and it ends. Yeah. But a, a lot of times that's not what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not transitioning the layer. You 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 have an animation out on the objects. Right. You know, that's not yep. the same. So Yeah. Yeah, it's There's kind of a invisible line as to what you're going to put on a state. It, it, kind of for me at least, uh, you know, as I'm working on states because I do the same thing, you know, I just kind of make a decision, ah, I'll do these alternative variations or whatever on the state. Um but there's kind of an invisible line where it's like, ah, I can't manage the objects on the state as easily as I could on a layer. Yeah. And then you, you have to kind of decide to to go with the other one. And it really depends on what you're doing. And obviously, the more you use them, the more you, you make decisions. But yeah, there is a bit of a, there's definitely an invisible line there as to when you use one or the other. But But there are a lot of typical reasons you would use a state over a layer. Yep, 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 yep. We're going to talk more about, uh, you know, newbie mistakes in the future. We're going to collect a few things. You know, there was also some community discussions about this. We're going to talk about this more in the future in more detail. But for now, Dave, I think we have to wrap up. This was show number 23. Where can people find you? Well, people can find me on the internet. Uh, at um, illumengroup.com if you need custom e-learning uh, I-L-L-U-M-E-N group.com uh, also you can go to youtube.com slash elearninglocker I've got a bunch of videos there and a link to our elearninglocker.com site which has some templates and various more videos and things and then I'm on Twitter uh, at Dave underscore Charney C-H-A-R-N-E-Y uh, and I you know, post a bunch of stuff there as well. So how about you, Nates? Where can people find you? Also on the interwebs, you can find me on Twitter under Nick N-E-J-C-D. You can add me on LinkedIn. And also, if you need some help with Storyline, you can visit elearningbrewery.com and contact me there. If you have a question for the Ask the E-Learning Guys or maybe a challenge or you think something can't be done in Storyline, Write to us using the submit form on our website, theelearningguys.com. Thank you for listening and talk to you in 14 days. <laughs> yep, thanks everyone and happy learning. <laughs>